You're listening to Perspectives in Parryville. Today, my guest is Enda Murray, a media producer and director of the Irish Film Festival. The festival launches at the Chevelle Cinema in Sydney on the 25th of August 2022, then travels to Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth and Canberra on consecutive weekends with online streaming options to follow. In this episode, we find out more about Ender's upbringing in Ireland and his university experiences in Dublin in the early 1980s. Ender reflects on his interest in working with musicians and entertainers to organise music gigs and festivals. Ender also shares his strong drive, interest and experiences working with disadvantaged communities in areas including social justice, and environmental activism, and the role played by film, video, and other community arts. We also find out about the Irish Film Festival and telling Irish stories through film. Ender reflects on his early inspiration for creating the festival and getting a conversation to happen in Australia about Irish issues. We find out about the various day-to-day practical tasks of planning such a film festival, including interactions with film producers, directors, distributors, cinemas and sponsors, as well as responsive and ongoing coordination of the festival team, largely made up of community volunteers. Ender offers insights into the conventional film festival cinema experience as well as the various challenges and opportunities of increasingly popular online streaming options. We chat about the often complex issues related to Irish history, culture and identity, especially within an Australian context. Ender reflects on the shared and universal experiences of a range of social groups, culturally and linguistically diverse, low socioeconomic, indigenous, ethnic minorities, migrants and others. We explore the value of ethnic film festivals in providing an important community voice that helps to connect with culture, as well as facilitating broader connections, conversations and cultural exchange. Here's my conversation with Enda Murray. Good to see you again, Ender. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Now, I've noticed that you are the festival director of the Irish Film Festival. You've been doing that for a number of years. So we'll find out a little bit more about that uh, later in our conversation. But in the in the kind of meantime, it would be good if you could take us back, in, back to, I don't know, however many years ago, because I'm interested to know more about you and what you were, you know, whether that be your school experience or when you first started university, um, however far back you want to take us. All right. Hey, well, um, um, I'm from a big family, very big family in, in um, just north of Dublin, a um, place called Drada in um, 
in Ireland. And um, yeah, so um, there was a lot of us. There was 14 kids in the family, 12 boys. And I was towards the end. But um, uh, the, the, the older guys, um, when they started school, they had to pay. So it wasn't so hot. But um, then around the mid-60s, uh, pre-education came in, secondary education. So that was a boon for my parents. And um, uh, we, we, we tended to um, – my parents were very uh, conscientious about the education. So um, a lot of my older brothers um, actually went to college or university and um, uh, and, and, and we went to Christian Brothers schools, first of all. Um, which was uh, tough enough. Like it was, uh, like looking back now, they no budget was like um, I know you know fifty no thirty three kids in the in the class. Um, and um, yeah, then um, I headed off to uh, university, Trinity College in Dublin, which um, unfortunately I was very young and I chose to do science. God knows why, and um, I got uh, didn't really like it, but I persevered. And um, but, but were you interested in science when you were at school? I'm assuming they, there must have been some sort of interest for you to choose it, or I, I, I was, but I really had no idea um, about you know jobs or how this was all going to work. And um, at the time, uh, um, late seventies, early eighties, um, Ireland was just really um, on its back. It was. Um, Economic situation was really bad, and and in, into the eighties, then there was a, a, you know that that was recognised as a, a big uh, time for emigration. So mm. when I got to the end of my um, uh, university degree, um, the, I think I had one meeting with a careers person, and they just said, "Look, go to England." Um, but um, I, um, yeah, I, I really wasn't suited to. Um, to, to the science, so I did biology, and um, so I kind of um, rambled around for a couple of years um, and um, started doing uh, work for the Dole program, which included some uh, video, and um, I was a, a music nerd. One thing that I learned at university, two things. Just one, just was, one thing, yeah. Oh, two things. Well, two what things. were they? Well, they weren't biology, believe it or not. Uh, one one thing was putting on gigs, so I started putting on gigs, music gigs, um, in and working with the entertainment guys. And um, uh, then I, so I, when I went um, back home to my small town, I actually started putting on gigs there too. And the other thing was um, uh, got really involved with community action and social justice, um, and. Um, yeah, so that kind of informed uh, when I when I started uh, being a bit more um, uh, political and activist. So um, yeah, I, I, when I went back later on as a, as a teacher at uni in in Australia, um, that was one of the things that I realised that you know that my, my education per se was not in in the subject that I went to. That my education was in um, uh, you know a broader education of of meeting people who are had got these skills and then uh, it gave me the confidence to to have have a go at putting on gigs and then also this um idea of social justice which would have been um certainly kindled by my my mom um but um uh, certainly uh, that was something that I, I picked up and, and and ran with um and and 
Oh yeah, the, the, my point was that uh, when I went back to teach at Australian universities, I felt that uh, side of the university experience was um, not nearly as strong as 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 it had been uh, years ago. Mm. So look, um, yeah. I'm just thinking it must have been like the the late eighties, mid to late eighties in England that you were kind of talking about. I'm just wondering what was that like in terms of social. Uh, there was a lot uh, happening so, around that time. So I went to university in Dublin. And, yes. Um, yeah, and, and it was late late seventies, early eighties. Oh uh, yes, and yeah, then you Dublin graduated. Was, uh, yeah, I graduated in eighty two. So I but finished. Then, Dublin was very rough. A lot of um, heroin. Um, just this kind of beginning of of you know heroin with 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 working class communities and and uh, Dublin was was decimated. Um, so yeah, things were were very rough uh, at the time. So I, I I picked up on. Didn't you say you 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 um got a job? Or no, you, something you mentioned England about the biology or the science, or maybe I misheard. Ah, uh, so um, no, I never got a job with biology. I went no? to, I went to England. Um, I started doing some writing for music papers, and then uh, I went, uh, and then I started doing a video. The work for the doll okay. yes. video, and I thought, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll go to England. Um, per, more personal issues as well, uh, uh, but um, I started doing training in, in England, and um, I got a, um, a, a place on an MA at St Martin's uh, School of Art uh, in Covent Garden, and I paid the princely sum of one pound uh, for my first year there, and that was thanks to Ken Livingstone, Red Ken Livingstone, who was the um, chair of the Greater London Council at the time, and they were uh, encouraging unemployed people to get educated. So, again, you know, I, I, I suppose um, feeling from a, um, a big family in a, a you know a small town, a bit of a, a, a bit of an outsider, and so um, I was delighted, you know, that, that this idea of uh, getting an education, you know, for uh, uh, pretty, pretty much for nothing. Um, uh, I, I thought that you know that that's uh, that's a good thing. It's helped me along, and I then you know would like to to help pass that on, help other people. So um, yeah, I I, um, I did the MA in, in St Martin's, and, and by that point I was um, you know looking at um, working in in um, film and uh, community arts, and um, so that's. Um, I, I, I'd left the um, biology behind. So then, what what kind of when you graduated from that the MA was there work available, or you know what did you do once yeah, you? Yeah, so I had started working with the Inner London Education Authority, so that's another kind of learning experience, and and I was working in uh, youth clubs and um, around. Um, the kind of rougher part of, of Islington in, in North London, um, uh, the estate where Johnny Rotten grew up, actually. Um, and um, I um, I was very interested uh, then in, in started getting interested in um, uh, filmmaking and, and documentary. And um, I, um, I got what my mum would have called a real job then with Coventry, uh, the city council in Coventry as, as a community arts worker um, doing um, video in a, in a community arts centre. So, yeah, a lot of the um, 
people I worked with in, in Coventry were people who had uh, disadvantaged, young people who were disadvantaged. And, and Coventry, again, was was a very rough spot. It is still a pretty tough city in, in, in the Midlands in England. Uh, but at the time, it was um, suffering from the... Um, the death of the car industry and also um, the, the riots, the racial riots that had happened in the early 80s in um, uh, pretty much everywhere in uh, in England, but um, in, in Coventry also. So um got to meet some really good people. Um, uh, Linville Golding from the specials, uh, 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 who had uh, the, the kind of uh, interracial pop band uh, who've, carried on to you know to 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 do great things and they're still very uh, they've another lease of life uh, lately um but um i got to work with jerry damas and you know worked at uh, again i was i was putting on gigs there but at the west indian club in in coventry and um uh you know the, 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 again this kind of uh working with with uh different cultures and and um uh, working with with uh, media, um, I uh, that continued to do that. So, so when when you say putting on gigs, that would that be that you're coordinating them? You're not necessarily the musician. You're kind of coordinating bands or something like that, and it's an event that type of thing. Yes. So this was a time of the free parties and the, the rave um, traveller raves in in England, um, which uh, and and so I had started working with a. A, a video activist magazine, a video magazine called called Undercurrents, uh, which was a campaigning on um, um, uh, 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 eco activity and also um, social justice. And they had networks all around the world, and um, uh, we we were producing, uh, you know, uh, little films about um, animal animal rights and, and about um, road uh, building and um, uh, yeah so uh, and then I was also yeah putting on gigs so I was the I was organizing little kind of um, uh, festival uh, gigs kind of mini Glastonbury's kind of stuff like that mini uh, Glastonbury's it sounds like it it was doing <laughs> right. it for you okay yeah. We didn't have a hundred thousand people no. at, at well, the West Indian Club in Coventry, but we uh, we had we had the vibe. It's got to be about the vibe, yeah. And then what happened? How long did you kind of continue on with that? Uh so um, I I was getting um, yeah. Personally, I was I was a bit. Uh, Coventry is a tough place, so um, uh, yeah. I I and also. Uh, my brother was getting married in, in Australia, so I came to Australia and for his wedding, and I technically never went back. So don't tell anybody, but I was illegal. Um, and um, I liked it here, and um, I met my um, ex, and, and we uh, so, so I uh, got um, a, a visa organized, and, um, and, and, and it was due to my teaching work, you know, that I was able to come straight in on a, on a, on a, on a, on a visa and um, started making programs in um, uh, that's what I was really keen on making programs. So I did, I did two programs for SBS, um, which were reasonably budgeted. Um, so these were working with communities. So I would um, uh, devise a, um, a story with young people in, in one was in Redfern, Aboriginal 
population. The other was out in Bankstown. So by this time, we were talking about kind of 2002, 2003. Were, um, uh, so it wasn't too hot being Arab in um, Sydney at the time. Um, but um, So I worked with these young people and devised um, scripts, working with professional drama people and professional writers, and then brought in a professional crew um, and shot them. And so um, the, uh, the young people were the acting talent. So it was kind of a mix. It wasn't it wasn't documentary, but it it was it was um, drama, which was very much based on on people's lives. And this was a format that I'd come across with uh, uh, working with guys in 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 England, which uh, I, I carried on here. So um, yeah, did a couple of um, uh, reasonably budgeted dramas, and thought, all right, now I'll get get some more work. But no, you can't. Uh, it's very difficult to make a living as a filmmaker. Yeah, I guess you, because I know you were doing a little bit of film teaching at various places in between to kind of, which is a common enough, um, you know, approach yeah, well, for media producers. Yeah, the teaching pretty much came after because I, um, you know, had I, by that point I had two kids and, and I needed to pay the rent. And um, so I, I actually, you know, when, when, when I saw I could get a grant to do a PhD, it was like, whoa, 40 grand. Uh, you know, every week uh, to get get a regular income. So, um, so what was that? So to the PhD. Exploring what was the PhD exploring? Uh, cultural study, uh, um, uh, documentary, and cultural studies. And so, did that at, at um, University of Western Sydney. Um, I refuse. Uh, yeah, University of Western Sydney. And um, uh, yeah, so finished that in, in twenty thirteen, and and. Well, oh, from when I started doing that, I've been a, a, a casual academic at various um, uh, establishments, a burger flipper in the McDonald's of Australian academia. Um, I'm quite cynical about... about well, I guess this is a broad, broad, fascinating texture of this sort of territory. So would you focus on re the research aspect of being an academic or the teaching aspect, or you're really a pr practitioner by the sounds of it in the field, kind of wanting to make films by the sounds of it? Oh, yeah. Um, I, you know, carried on being, you know, writing um, stories and, and trying to get um, uh, projects up. But um, no, I was, I was, you know, a, ca a casual academic <clears throat> and, um, you know, the fate of casual academics is to remain casual academics, I'm afraid. And so there's not much, there's no, there's no room or funding for, for, um, uh, you know, research work within, within that area, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, I finished the PhD in, in 2013 and, um, I was teaching in uh, teaching um, documentary media studies communications in various um, universities around Sydney and um, I was interested in um, the idea of a uh, Irish film festival and so I kicked off the Irish film festival on my credit card in, in 2015 and um, uh, here we are 2022 eight years later and the festivals still going and uh, still and it's um uh last year was its most successful year to date and this this year we're back in the cinemas and going to five cities so touring into five cities and doing an online 
Um, it's a love job. Um, it, it, um, it, you know, it's not a, a, um, a, a commercial proposition, um, but, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, pretty contented uh, being a, uh, a festival director. And um, so that's uh, pretty much me up to date. You're listening to Perspectives in Parryville. So I'm wondering, what was the original inspiration? Like, what were you inspired by or hoping to achieve with with um, creating such a film festival? And then also, how do you go about doing that? Well, like, what's involved? Yeah, so look, I'm, I'm going back to um, times in um, in London, and I, I was quite involved. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, been looking at um, Irish women playing football. That was the, you know, when I came over here first, I had this project in mind, um, and uh, and then I worked with um, Jamaican guys in in Coventry. Uh, with the history of sound systems. And then also I was, I was working with um, uh, Punjabi kids, a lot of um, Punjabi kids at Coventry. And they were, <clears throat> at the time they were big into Bhangra, which is like a kind of a party, um, very drum-inspired um, Punjabi music. And um, one of the things was um, pulling this threads was looking at um, migrant communities and, and uh, emigration. And then I realised, you know, this was um, it, it, it's a primary um, uh, motive in terms of a, 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 an emigrant's um, uh, life is is this duality between um, Ireland and uh, you know and, and Australia, where you come from and where you've ended up, and and so you know I was I'd started exploring this, and um, I remember going to a um, the, the London the, the London Irish Film Festival, and um, there was a, um, a great debate there between two filmmakers. One was uh, Neil Jordan who, uh, you know, has has done a couple of uh, Hollywood films, but um, probably best known for, for um, um, Mona Lisa. Um, and another Irish uh, filmmaker, Bob Quinn, who uh, started off the Irish language uh, filmmakers and was was one of what was called first wave uh, filmmakers in, in Ireland in, in the 70s. And... Um, I was fascinated by this conversation and, and I thought, what a great event. And so a couple of years later in in Sydney, I was thinking, um, it, wouldn't it be great to get that um, conversation happening again <clears throat> with about Irish culture and, and Irish, you know, um, music and Irish dance and, and the language and how do you do that? And one of the things I thought was, um, a, a film festival allows you to explore all of those different aspects of, of, of a culture and also explore this, um, uh, you know, position of migrancy, um, and which is which is pretty big in, uh, in Australia. Um, and so that was the um, inspiration to start uh, the, the, the film festival back in 2015. So 
um, what's involved in running a film festival? Well, um, these these um, films are uh, contemporary films from Ireland, so I need to get a, um, a, a rundown on on what's new. And so what I've been doing um, is each year going to Ireland to the the, the Galway Film Festival usually. Um, which takes place in the summer in, in Galway in the west of Ireland. And it's where a lot of Irish filmmakers will come to. Um, it's got a lot of kind of small mid and to mid-sized Irish films will, um, will, will aim to debut there. Um, so that's where I'm getting um, to see new Irish films. I'll, I'll also keep an eye out on the uh, Cork Film Festival in November and uh, Dublin in uh, Film Festival in February. And I also work with uh, an agency called Irish Film Institute in Dublin who promote Irish films in, internationally. And so they helped me to um, to get in touch with um, the uh, producers sometimes of the small films. Um, it might be a, a distributor um, of the medium films, or it might even be a sales agent for the, the bigger films that, that will have a sales agent and then they will uh, sell to distributors in uh, places like Australia. So um, I need to get you know, get my um, mm. Mr. Colombo ha uh, hat on and, and do a bit of investigation. and, and Yeah, um, navigate that territory. Work. Navigate the territory by the sounds of it. Yeah, and and so um, you know you find these um, the, who who is the uh, the gatekeeper for the films, and then you've got to um, haggle with them. Sometimes, if it's a small um, filmmaker like some like this year, we, you know, I'll be talking directly to maybe um, five or six of the actual filmmakers. Um, and if it's a small filmmaker, they're usually very keen to get the, the work screen mm -hmm. but then at the top end you know you there, there might be films that where um they're going to get a release um so um a good example is colin kuhn the, the quiet girl uh, this year which is is actually going to get a release in september in um uh in in, in australia but we've got it first but we had to negotiate with the um the australian distributor uh who is a madman um and um, you know, convince them that it's it will be a good commercial um, uh, move to put the film. Let us screen the film first, because then we can get the um, the, the publicity going and the the, um, um, the campaign going within the Irish community. So that that that's the initial bit is to to lock in the films and to um, you know agree a price a haggle uh, on on the price and then. Um, we this year we're working with with, with um, Palace uh, Cinemas, so um, we got to talk to Palace and and come to an arrangement about um, you know how we we're going to uh, um, do the box office split between yeah, so that uh, we can we we can go to five cities and um, we we uh, um, uh, can work with Palace and they can advertise the films as as well as as us uh, through their channels um and then yeah we've got to you know market the film so uh I've, this year there's pro there's a team of of 11 um but five of those guys are uh, volunteers interns um we, it's just uh, you know an, an ethnic film festival is not a 
big commercial um, uh, venture. Uh, sorry, uh, it's not it's it's not a um, a very commercially oriented um, operation. So uh, you're all the time just relying on people's goodwill, um, on on people's enthusiasm, on on, on people's passion for uh, things Irish and and things Irish cultural. So we would work very, very much with the grassroots around uh, Irish groups around the country, the, the the dance groups, the language groups, the cultural groups, the sporting groups, very uh, important, and and then also um, with with some of the um, the sponsors um, who are um, usually you know Irish Irish focused, um, and the, yeah, that that's the um, uh, the. A tough part then is is just to 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 push the, uh, the 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 word out about the um, the film festival and um, uh, to 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 try and and do that on what's called organic marketing. So basically, there's no advertising. We don't have an advertising budget. It's all about um, you know trying to um, get social media and trying to get PR. Uh, through 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 uh, radio stations and um, you know to 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 get the word out with, without um, having a uh, an advertising budget to pay for advertising. So um, uh, the the uh, and, and then on the on the actual um, uh, night of the film festival itself to to go there and um, uh, we organise a um, opening night party. Uh, on our, on our opening night, which are well known for um, great hilarity and celebration, and um, we've got Irish music, uh, live Irish music there, um, and um, yeah, it's, that, that's kind of when it all pays off when you get to meet audiences, who um, meet the people who are coming to the festival, and you know, people tell you how much they enjoyed the festival. So that's a big. Um, uh, you know, satisfaction uh, for for me to bring these stories uh, from from Ireland and to get these conversations going um, uh, uh, about uh, Irish politics and Irish language and and um, Irish culture. Um, so, I suppose um, in Australia, I've, 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 there's my, my my own feeling is that we we're, we're not really represented. Um, and you know, considering the the um, the background, uh, with, you know, anecdotally, thirty percent of Australians have got some some Irish. Um, that you know, that, that's a that's a lot of people. Um, and historically, you know, the Irish people have come to 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 the to to the fore. Um, uh, uh, that you know, initially. Um, a lot of the, the, the Irish were uh, the convicts, etc. But um, uh, I, I think the other thing is that uh, there are lots of uh, young Irish people still arriving in Australia and having the, the the problems that young migrants will will have everywhere. And this was particularly um, um, evident during the COVID uh, when um, the, the, the the various um, support groups, so the, the um, kind of Irish welfare organisations in the different cities were reporting a lot of um, uh, issues with with Irish people who were coming looking for some kind of uh, looking for culturally uh, relevant type of advice and and support. What about the 
online aspect because it's it's a face to face or you know the screening around the the capital cities but then you've got an online component can you tell us more about that yeah well um the online component was um initially forced upon us um we were due to uh, run a festival in 2020 and we were pretty close to i think we were Eight, uh, eight weeks away from um, the festival when the COVID uh, hit. And um, so, um, of course, it was all very new for everybody, but um, the, um, the the pivot, oh, what a horrible word. Pivot. pivot. I was wondering a few minutes ago, is that word going to come up? It will. Here it is. It just it, 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 yeah. So so we 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 planned a, um, a online festival, and um, you know it's partly a function of the fact that um, this is how a lot of um, uh, c- content is being consumed these days is um, uh, online, and so we uh, did the online festival in uh, November of 2020, and we did it again. Uh, we were a bit more prepared last year. We we did it again, but it's it's incredibly um, uh, complex, you know, for for a um, a cultural organisation that runs on the smell of an oily rag, you know, to be suddenly you know dealing with a platform in 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 Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and um, uh, you know, incredibly um, complex type of technical problems. And, and to, to solve those technical problems, you need people who um, have got that knowledge and, and they are able to get jobs in, in the real world. And so it's very hard to get, um, you know, good natured techie people who will um, help you out. But um, we, 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 um, we found last year, especially yeah, in, 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 during COVID, that there was a huge amount of goodwill and um yeah, we uh, we 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 were pretty, I think, pretty um, clever in terms of how we we worked, and we just had fantastic teams of people uh, who worked very hard for very little uh, financial reward, uh, who who got the festival um, off the ground. So, uh, you know, yes, we 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 worked with a streaming platform who who were in um, uh, in the US, um, which. You know all kinds of, of throws up all kinds of issues when you know when you when you're having your busiest period between six and nine they they're knocking off at uh, two a.m. Um, and um, so that that's one pretty straightforward um, issue. This this year we're going to be working with a platform in um, New Zealand, uh, so a bit closer. Um, but um, it, it, it's, it's still the, the, the technical issues in terms of um, back ends of websites and coding. Oh, my God. You know, I really I don't understand a lot of what goes on. But, uh, you know, you, you, you just got to um, trust in the, in the people that you're, you're working with. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's, it's difficult because it's all done on a, on a, a minimal budget. Um, so um, uh, it's 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 hard to find people with that knowledge and experience, um, but um, we we are still uh, doing an online component this year as well as in in the cinema, and that's because we've had such a response from people 
<clears throat> who either they're in Whoop Whoop and not near a cinema, or else they're in the suburbs and they've got kids and um, they just can't make it in um, to to a cinema. Um, you know, or there's you know other t- types of um, access issues. But we've had a lot of uh, requests from people to keep it online. But the other, I suppose, thing for me is that um, at the back of my mind, I'm thinking this is where a lot of film festivals are going, that um, there is going to, the, 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 the audiences, they've bought the big TVs, they've bought the great sound systems, they've got the, the nephew or the grandchild in to t- show them how to work out the, the, the computer stuff, um, to, you know, how to, to get the, the, the films. And so they're all ready to go. And, you know, we're still seeing, um, well, um, you know, the, the, the COVID is still is still rampant. Um, pe- people, I don't know if if it's um, it, um, confirmed whether you know audiences have returned hundred um, percent to to what what they were before COVID. But I, I suspect that you know for film, um, a lot of people are going to continue to want to see film um, in 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 their in the comfort of their own homes. So um, yeah. Australia and, and of course you got to throw in uh, you know the fact that Australia is it's such a enormous country that you know it 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 it, it makes sense that if you can get a, um, a a film and put it on a, a platform then you know people in this vast vast country uh, all ends of it can can see it and and uh, it's such a um uh, you know, ground deal breaker. You know, to to be able to reach Irish people in in you know in, in, in far flung places. So um, yeah, that's why we're going with the, the online again. You're listening to Perspectives in Parryville. So what sort of issues, like I, apart from what is Irish culture, but what, what sort of issues are brought up in some of the films or all of the films? And then what ultimately what's the what's the aim or what's the why why is this sort of um event a good thing? What does it what does it contribute? So um I'm glad you asked me that question, Mark, because um yeah, it's something that I I have um, thought about in terms of, you know, why do we need ethnic film festivals? And um, uh, about a month ago, Gary Maddox, he's the film critic in the Sydney Morning Herald, he wrote this kind of tongue-in-cheek article, why does Australia need ethnic film festivals? Um, And um, so I, being the director of the Irish Film Festival, that got got me thinking, of course. So, so, one of the things for for us uh, with with the Irish Film Festival is that we've got when we do our um, uh, uh, surveys, we find that we've got about eighty percent of our audience is Irish or Irish background, and um, compared to say, for example, the Japanese Film Festival, when I you know speak to the director of the Japanese Film Festival, she tells me that they have ten percent Japanese and ninety percent Australian. So I'm thinking, well, we've got 80% Irish. Um, 
it's it's uh, it's obviously important for those Irish people to be able to uh, connect with their their culture. Um, and um, the, the the next question is like, what? Well, what is Irish culture? What uh, you know? What what what? Um, uh, what does it distinct? What distinguishes it from Australian culture? And um, uh, the the the, um, uh, the 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 other thing that, that that pops up there is this this um, uh, uh, phrase uh, Anglo Celtic, um, you know, which I'm seeing more and more um, in you know in the mainstream. And and, and what does it actually mean? So. Um, I'll go down kind of a little track there in terms of Anglo-Celtic. This phrase Anglo-Celtic, it it, it, um, it it's quite a new phrase. And a friend of mine, um, historian Siobhan McHugh, um, who uh, did some research uh, into this area, um, the first time that that she saw it um, uh, written uh, uh, written down was in nineteen forty forty nine. Um, and it, it is a, um, I suppose, an indication that for the first 150 years of Australia's existence, the, the Irish were the underdogs and the Irish were, uh, you know, according to um, a, a, a number of, of, of Australian uh, riders, uh, the, the Irish were the first ethnic minority. Now, um, of course, um, I should say at this point that um, this is um, to to to, um, uh, to to look at uh, the Australian population in terms of um, the, the the colonial um, populations, and um, I, I, I would not for a minute um, dispute that um, Indigenous people in Australia have always <clears throat> been. Um, uh, unfortunately, at the, the bottom of the pile in terms of the co- colonial um, approach, but you know, uh, uh, up until um, the, the uh, up until federation and the formation of the Australian Labour Party, uh, the, the, the Irish and um, by association the Catholics did not have uh, political representation, um, and so uh, Patrick O'Farrell, who was uh, the, the uh, foremost authority on, on um, um, Irish Australian history um, was w- 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 someone who became quite incensed when this <clears throat> term Anglo Celtic was was used, um, and and he had a great uh, quote, and I, I just got it got it here. Um, he says it's it's a, a grossly misleading, false, and patronising contemporary convenience. One crassly present-oriented, its use removes from consciousness and recognition a major conflict fundamental to any comprehension, not only of Australian history, but of our present core culture. So his point was that a lot of Australian um, uh, society uh, is is the product of this binary between the... um, the English uh, overclass and the Irish underclass, and so to to lump um, together this Anglo-Celtic to lump them together um, caused his head to explode. And um, it, um, you know, he said, "No, you just can't uh, put put these two groups together." Uh, and, uh, you know, Patrick O'Farrell uh, it was of his time, and I think, and I think 
things have changed. Um, um, but it is a very complex. Um, <clears throat> it is a very a very complex co- complex issue. And one of the, the things that that that, <clears throat> that I saw during the the, the, the COVID um, was that the welfare agency in Sydney um, uh, talked. They talked about the fact that they had a lot of Irish people come to them who were seeking help, which was culturally specific, and um, they uh, realised that Irish people who were um, in trouble and and who who were um, trying to uh, navigate negotiate with uh, you know the, the COVID times and they were looking for um, help which which was um, help that uh, well I use the term culturally specific but what that means is people who would understand them and <clears throat> I suppose this is the, you know the crux that um, while Anglo Celtic may be an issue for um, uh, um, politicians and for sociologists, um, the the reality is that there there continues to be um, migrants who are coming from Ireland. Um, you know, we uh, uh, we had various type of f- uh, flows or, uh, in in the last um, fifty years of of Irish people coming who are not part of the Anglo. Celtic ascendancy that that is totally irrelevant to them. They they are people who are, uh, you know, trying to get by and suffering from the the the, the, the trials and tribulations of um, uh, the, the, the the other migrants who who come to Australia. So, um, one of the things I suppose for me uh, personally, I've found that as as I get, get get older, I find that I've got more in common with. Uh, migrants from um, Cambodia or from Sudan than I do with um, Irish people in Ireland because I've had that 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 migrant experience. The the other thing that I uh, I thought was interesting um, was uh, c- coming from my time living in England as an Irish person, and for for many many years. Um, Irish uh, were not recognised as an ethnic minority in in England, and so the um, surveys that were done in terms of health were missing um, this uh, Irish population. And it wasn't until um, the 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 the, the mid eighties that um, the the health surveys began to distinguish between um, the, uh, the 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 white. Irish um, migrants and and white English people, and they discovered, um, they realised, of course, that um, you know the the, the the poor health was um, transgenerational, and that even second generation Irish people was was were suffering from um, you know various kinds of uh, uh, diseases that were uh, a result of um, uh, low social economic status, and so. Um, the, 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 the recognition for me of, of being an ethnic minority is not an abstract uh, concept that doesn't have any impact at all. The, you know, the, the recognition that our Irish is a different culture is, um, is, is very real and has very real um, uh, consequences. And so then, you know, it brings me back to the idea of you know why am I talking about Irish culture? Well, I suppose I'm 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 thinking about um, 
the 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 reality that uh, I do have a different culture. Must mean like kaintaskelga is fajlam kaintaskelga. If if oh, you if, might uh, have to explain that one. I was about to explain that one. No, that that, that you know I have a language um, which I speak fluently, but. I, uh, you know, I I, 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 um, uh, I I don't speak it with most Australians because most Australians don't speak Gaelic. But um, it 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 um, it is a part of uh, my identity. Um, if, you know, I, I, I said to you, if you if you'd like to speak Irish, I could speak Irish with you. Um, but it, it is a part of of the identity, and um, it is um, what what makes me who I am. And it and it has uh, you know it's it's a, it's a result of of my history, um, but oh, you know where I see its relevance now is is like looking at um, indigenous language and um, where it, you know we're starting to see more interest in indigenous language um, and um, you know what uh, what are what are the possibilities and and um, you know this year we've got a, an Irish language film. Uh, on Colleen Kuhn, uh, which is um, a very exciting film because it's won a lot of uh, awards already and it's been nominated for for an Oscar. But, you know, it's in Gaelic and then, you know, it causes a lot of people to, to ask me, well, um, oh, do, how many people speak Irish in, in Ireland? And um, the, the, the answer is that uh, there are quite a few people who can speak Irish, but... I don't think, um, it, despite its 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 resurgence, re, you know, recently, and um, it's um, uh, it's it's kind of returned to cool. So Fontaine's DC have just released an album, Skinty Fear, which means the curse of the deer. Uh, the deer, uh, you know, it's 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 cool to have this uh, this this language. Um, I suppose, uh, yeah. My, my, uh, sorry, I lost track. Um, uh, I don't think that Ireland is going to ever be a hundred percent Gaelic speaking, and that's. I think that is quite an interesting proposition for for people who are interested in in language and reviving language. You know, is what is the um, the, the, the the end game? Um, but I but I don't think that that is necessarily. You know the 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 um, the, the objective, the aim for speaking Gaelic and and continuing to speak Gaelic whenever uh, or, or whosever language, uh, whenever there there is the possibility, because um, I think that the, the the speaking of of language and uh, the, the preservation and development of culture, because it's not just about uh, freezing it in in ice; it's about um, you know, combining it with 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 other cultures and and um, uh, you know being respected for your culture and, and acknowledged that um, th th this is uh, important. So, yeah, I suppose I feel that um, you know the 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 recognition of that Irish culture uh, exists has got. Um, um, examples and has got lessons for 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 other uh cultures oh delicious especially globally like with this global uh voice that's happening increasingly each and every day as uh 
like you were saying, with the different time zones, even the the provider of the streaming service, just the practicalities that we're kind of the world's becoming increasingly dependent on all the little bits that fit together. And then I guess yes. part an important part of that is one's identity or one's voice or one's, you know, that whole big complex uh I don't know what is it, a complex situation where you know combining w- w- all the different nations and cultures on Earth. Yeah, I think it's you know it's imp- it's important to kind of look at um, you know how do we define uh, ethnic minorities and um, in Australia it's 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 culturally and linguistically diverse um, and um, you know does that work um, does it does it do- does, does it work as a, as a, um, a definition of um, a, a, of, of, of a, a minority? I suppose um, for for Irish people, um, we are anecdotally, you know, we're a third of the Australian uh, population. Um, but in in the um, uh, last census, the, the uh, in last year twenty twenty one census. Um, the the number of people who uh, define themselves as uh, 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 as Irish, which which now has a um, a, a definitive objective uh, definition, which is if your uh, grandparents uh, were eligible for Irish passports, then uh, you can denote you have Irish ancestry. So uh, the number of people there was nine and a half percent, which is two point four million uh, Australians. Now that's not counting lots of other people who have uh, a connection further back. So, in a way, I suppose uh, my my own um, feeling would be that uh, for for such a, um, a large population of of Irish uh, people, um, it's not reflected in the kind of um, media that I see or you know the, in in the mainstream. So. Um, you know that that again. That's that's something that I um, try and do with the film festival is to um, you know impress on just to, to educate people that um, you know we do have a, um, a, a a language. It's a separate language, and I've had this argument last week with a marketing person who said, "Oh, isn't 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 it called Irish um, the, the language?" And I said, "Yes, technically it is," and and we've had. Academics um, point out to us that you know we're technically uh, incorrect in 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 calling this language Gaelic. But my, my other other experience, having been here for twenty seven years, is that when you um, say Irish language, uh, some Australian people think that you're to- you're talking about English spoken with an Irish accent, um, and so the um, the term Gaelic is is very um, I think. Um, uh, much more helpful in de- in describing uh, the, the the fact that it is a, a separate language. So, I think um, in terms of the the Irish Film Festival, one of the things I love about the Irish Film Festival is that we're telling Irish stories, and um, we are we are supported, um, you know, in our um, telling of those stories uh, through film. We're supported by Irish government agencies, Screen Ireland and Culture Ireland. Um, and um, 
unfortunately, I, I, I think Australia is lagging in that department. Um, hopefully, uh, Australia is going to, for example, is going to bring in some minimum um, uh, cap in terms of uh, streaming services to gener- generate um, Australian content. Australia is lagging behind Europe, where this um, cap has been in place for several years. Um, and um, I, I'm hoping that um, in uh, the near future that this um, legislation is going to be brought in because I think it will be a big help um, to Australian industry and Australian storytelling because I think that this is what is um, is happening is that these new stories are, are not being told. And there are some great stories in Australia Um uh, stories that include the Irish and all of the other migrant um, populations, and uh, you know the the the, um, the the good news stories about how um, Australia Australian society is incorporating these new voices. Um, but uh, this it's got to be support from from government, and I think with the, that's the one place where that can be seen is with the streaming giants that they've you know they can't just keep pumping them. Uh, Americana into um, the Australian mixes. They, they've got to um, take responsibility and generate, make some uh, <clears throat> some content. Um, so um, I like to um, <clears throat> continue to tell the Irish stories and, and to show, yeah, you know, it can be done. We we can tell our stories and um, they're bloody interesting. If you if you want to check out the Irish Film Festival, strangely enough, we have a, f- a website, and that's called www.irishfilmfestival.com.au. You can see all of the information, the trailers for the um, the films. Um, I've done some, uh, Q- I've done ten Q and As with the directors, um, so that's um, uh, added unique content. Um, and um, yeah, our opening nights are pretty legendary, so. Um, we're starting in, in Sydney uh, on Thursday, 25th of August, and then we're going um, to Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, and Canberra on consecutive weekends. And then finally, we'll have an online festival from 30th of September to 16th of October. So, irishfilmfestival.com.au. In this episode, I chatted with Ender Murray a media producer and director of the Irish Film Festival. You can find out more about this episode in the show notes, including links to the Irish Film Festival and some of Ender's other media projects and initiatives. Thank you for listening to Perspectives in Parryville.